Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, April 15th, 2022, and today we're reading from the big book, and we are in the doctor's opinion, page XXIX, the first paragraph, on the other hand, reading through that one paragraph ending with required to follow a few simple rules, that one paragraph only. And the readers are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 steps, Dara L., for the 12 traditions, Tenzin P., and reading the text are Anne Marie M. and Janice P. M., and our backup is Larry K. The newcomer greeter is Jason K., and the host of the second hour is Nancy C. The reference numbers for Thursday, April 14th, 2022, for the 7 a.m. meeting is 18,842. That's 18842. And for the 10 a.m. meeting is 18,843, that's 18843. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Dara L. to read the 12 steps. Great. Thanks so much. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Philadelphia. And here are the 12 steps of OA. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks.
Thank you, Dara. I will now ask Tenzin P to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. Tenzin P, checking in from New York City. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop compulsive eating. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always main personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tenzin. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone must be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We're in the doctor's opinion, page XXIX, the first paragraph, on the other hand, ending with required to follow a few simple rules, that one paragraph only. And I will ask Anne-Marie M. to begin reading. Good morning, Katie. Thank you for leading us, and good morning, everyone. My name is Anne-Marie M., I am a recovered compulsive overeater through God's grace. On the other hand, and strange as this may seem to those who do not um, understand, once a psychic change has occurred, the very same person who seemed doomed, who had so many problems, he despaired of ever solving them, 
suddenly finds himself easily able to control his desire for alcohol, the only effort necessary being that he required to follow a few simple rules. And this is my experience with this paragraph. It's a, it's a promise. I have this um, whole paragraph highlighted as a promise because yesterday we talked about the insanity of uh, uh, you know, going over and over again. You know, I just remembered me picking up and then stopping and then picking up. And, um, you know, I, I have had a psychic change and I am so, so grateful for that. And I have here written in my notes, a psychic change could be a series of awakenings. Um, and and refer to page 25. So um, it says here on page 25, that second paragraph, the great fact is just is this and nothing else. We have had a deep, I have had a deep and effective spiritual experience, which has revolutionized my my life. And that experience has been my relationship with God. Um, you can see on page 45. Sorry, I didn't mean to reference so many things, but um, uh, well, this, um, well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. And I thought I had a, a relationship with God, and mine was conditional. I I had the condition on God that if He, because people kept, kept saying you got to have a relationship with God all the time, and you have to uh, be with Him and and know Him and have spent time with him. And so I did all those things in order for me to stay abstinent. But my psychic change came when I wanted, to, I, I want, I shouldn't say wanted, it, it happened. I want to have a relationship with God daily, every day, and I rely on him. And it's it's unbelievable. And, you know, we first step says we don't have any power. So I needed to get a power. And so that power was a, something greater than me and who I call God. And this has changed the way that I look at things. Not every day, most of the time, many times I have to say, okay, God, help me to see this person through your eyes. But I would never think of that before. Before I would just look at the other person and uh, judge them. And I um, didn't even think of relying on God for anything for that matter. So that's been my psychic change. And it says here that we will, uh, we find out, it says um, he finds himself easily able to control his desire for alcohol. That's only through God's grace. I, I can't do this on my own. Believe me, I tried to control how much I ate, um, how fast I ate. I ate slowly. I, I took a course, you know, to learn how to eat sensibly and none of that worked. I could not control it because I don't have power. Time please. So with that I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Anne Marie. Okay, thanks for getting us started. We're on page XXIX, the first paragraph on the other hand. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So who would like to share on this one paragraph? PM. Melissa C. Melissa R. Noel R. Christina J. Nancy P. 
Okay, let me tell you who I have. I have Nancy P, Janice PM, Melissa C, Linda D, Nessa R. I got you, Linda. Okay, Nessa R. So who else was there? Noel, Carmela G. Noel, Carmela. Christina J. Abby Okay, let's stop there. with Abby. Okay, I think. Um, okay. okay, let's see. I think I have it. I have Nancy P, Janice PM, Melissa C, Linda D, Nessa R, Noel. I'm not sure what your initial is. Carmela G, Santa H, Christina J, and Abby F. Is there anyone I missed? Who said their name? Okay, let's go with that lineup. Nancy P., you're up, followed by Janice P. M. Hi, good morning, uh, Katie. Thanks for your service. Thanks for um, letting me share. Nancy P., recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. So, you know, this paragraph, the previous paragraph leads up to this paragraph, and I lived every day restless, irritable, and discontent. That was my default position. I didn't get that. I didn't become restless, irritable, and discontent. I woke up every day that way, and I used food to get some sense of ease and comfort from the horrible loneliness of being myself. Um, I saw others getting ease and comfort, but that's what I wanted, not what other people were getting. Normal people sate their hunger, or perhaps they have a treat here and there, a little bit. They don't say to themselves, I think a couple of dozen donuts will hit the spot or half a gallon of ice cream. Nobody but a compulsive overeater of the hopeless variety thinks that. And I went to meetings of all kinds since I entered OA back in 1971 until 2017. Thousands of meetings, maybe even hundreds of thousands. But I never once got one speck of relief from being myself, no matter the size of my body. It was unfathomable to me, completely impossible, that I could ever get better. Um, and I had the data to prove it as far as I was concerned. And, and, you know, I was doomed. I despaired of ever solving. I mean, when I surrendered, you know, my, my life was a disaster. You know, my daughter was in crisis. She was harming herself and hacking herself up with a razor blade and burning herself to a crisp and all kinds of awfulness. And... I just cried and cried and cried and ate and ate and ate. But that's why they call it search and research. I finally picked up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at my feet. I picked them up and I used them instead of kicking them to the side. And I took an elixir. And elixirs don't make you rich or famous. Elixirs have magical properties that heal. And what is it? Starts with S, rhymes with surrender. And say it with me. Surrender, surrender, surrender. All of my problems became insignificant. My desire for food disappeared. I didn't feel, I don't feel, didn't feel food neutral. I don't feel anything at all about food. I do everything. I I do everything. I cook, I bake, I travel, I go where free men go. My very thinking has changed. And I'm sure my brain chemistry has changed without the chemicals of my alcoholic foods in, in my body. You know, I surrendered up everything up to and including myself and I was healed. And that was the Herculean effort the surrender, the other effort necessary became a joy and a privilege. And that was to follow those few simple rules, 12 in number. I flung myself out of the plane and I was caught and gently placed in a position of 
safety. And I, to this very day, I have never had a craving. I've never had a slip. I've never, I just, I just live my life the same as, as everybody else that's not a compulsive overeater of the hopeless variety. Um, and it all came from surrender. So um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. Okay, Janice PM, you're up, followed by Melissa C. Well, thank you so much, Katie F., and good morning to everyone. This is Janice PM, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, also from Massachusetts. Okay, um, boy, these two paragraphs, to me, teaches me the whole foundation of my illness. It's right here in these two paragraphs. First, the paragraph before, the paragraph before, I learned and compulsive overeaters learned when I learned the exact nature of my disease of compulsive overeating and how hopeless my condition, our condition of the mind and body seems to be. I mean, it's a big thing. This whole previous paragraph that we read yesterday screeches, screams powerlessness. So if you identify with this and say, oh, yeah, that was me, that was me. Well, this is our problem. We're powerless, both mind, body, and spirit. So this is what we're told, why we're unable to control the amount we eat once we have taken that first bite. But more important, I have a different problem. I mean, I had a, a more... difficult problem is my mind because I'm told that I cannot manage the decision to even take the first bite to make a firm decision over and over the vicious cycle oh I, I pledge I vow I promise never to eat that again and you know what I really meant it I really meant it so that screams to me powerlessness But this doctor came along and gave us a solution. He didn't give it to us. He told us about it through what what happened with Bill. So this is doctor's opinion, is that when I clearly understand the problem, which I know now, I'm powerless, 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 that I was able to find a solution that was written here, and he gives it to us. He gives it to us. He says a psychic change what could be a different different way of thinking. Well, how do I attain that psychic change? And what is the solution? It's the power. If I'm powerless, then I have to find the solution, which is power. And that's why a real compulsive overeater like myself has the body that can never get enough, never get enough of this, never get enough of that. And the mind that will not let me leave it alone. (laughs) So if our minds didn't lie to us and tell us it's okay to take that first bite, we'd never have, we'd never trigger that physical allergy of mine. I mean, it's, it's all right here. It's the mind. It's the mind. And it wouldn't produce that craving. Thank you very much. And so, um, it's not just a physical disease, is it? It's a disease of mind, and the psychic change, the few simple rules are, rules are the 12 steps where I found a power. And with that, I pass. Thanks much. 
Thank you, Janice PM. Okay, Melissa C, you're up, followed by Linda D. Hey, good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York. And, you know, this morning when I read this paragraph, what really jumped out at me was um, that the person who seemed doomed, who had so many problems, he despaired of ever solving them can find that he can easily control his desire for alcohol. And what grabbed me was that I think my biggest problem before the psychic change was the despair that I had to solve all these problems because, you know, um, it doesn't say that the problems, you know, of, of whatever those worldly problems aren't necessarily removed. It's It's the despair of, I think, of believing that I'm supposed to solve them, you know, because when I lived my life that way, my reflex, my knee-jerk reaction was to eat. And I think, why? Because there's problems that I just can't solve. I'm a human, incapable of solving them. And, you know, the paragraph um, says that now once this psychic change has occurred, this whole new way of thinking and being in the world, um, you know, I no longer desire to eat as a strategy for solving life's problems. The problems that I thought I either needed to solve, well, either they just sort of become solved maybe on their own or I stop viewing them as problems or I can tolerate the discomfort I feel today living in a world with lots of problems, you know, um, because what I find out through these steps and through this work and following these few simple rules is that there is a God and I'm not it and God's in charge of solving the problems. I've got a very small little role that I'm assigned. Basically, it's to stay really close to God, perform his work well, and then I I know that my needs will be met. And when my needs are met, I don't know how it, it I want to say it's like magic. It's not magic. It's a miracle that my desire to eat is easily managed. And I think what's important is that it doesn't say that I'm no longer allergic to to my, you know, my allergic foods or that way of eating. But my desire to eat those things has been removed. That's the psychic change that, that's occurred for me, that my insanity has been, you know, quieted, lifted, so long as I follow these things day after day, you know, one after another, one day at a time. Thanks, but that I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Linda D., you're up, followed by Nessa R. Good morning, Kate. Hi, everybody. It's Linda D. from Connecticut. So very, very grateful, humbled before God. To have these problems lifted for today, minute by minute, I do know what uh, doomed feels like. I didn't want to live and I didn't want to die. I was so terrified of where I was. And as someone so wisely just said, the despair was... I thought I was supposed to solve them. 
Holy mackerel. Wow. It was awful. And I ended up being locked up, you know, where they lock you behind in in a psych ward. Um, Now, you may not have been there or whatever, but I have. Um, I lead an amazing life. And the reason it's amazing is because of God that I didn't even know existed. It's the best thing that ever happened to me is this relationship with this unbelievable, loving, all-knowing God. It's absolutely the best non-human thing that I have. And the next best thing is my relationship with you because I can love now. Now that I'm connected to love, I can love. I love people in general. Do I like what they do all the time? Of course not. I don't like what I do all the time, but I have a way, these steps, to come to peace in the center of my being. And when I'm off, you know, off peace, I come back to center. I use all the techniques, the steps, the steps, and the additional techniques. This is a wonderful, wonderful way of life. And I have experienced a personality change, which is ongoing. Every day is new. God's going to show me something new, something more. And it's going to be good. It might be painful to learn it because sometimes I get really scared because I'm human. But that's okay. And it's usually... and. No, it always ends up terrific. So that's about all I have to share. Thank you so much for helping me stay plugged into this miracle that this God shows me every day. Bye-bye. I pass. Thank you, Linda D. Okay, Nessa R., you're up, followed by Noel. Nessa, star one. Okay, I thought I heard Nessa. Maybe I didn't. Noelle, you're up, followed by Carmela G. Hi, this is Noelle E. Um, gratefully recovered here in Louisiana. Um, I guess I was being very quiet and nervous. I haven't talked to anybody today with the way I'm based down. Oh, man, thank you for uh, your service, everyone on the line. Um, and I love this paragraph. I actually listened to 30 minutes of yesterday's meeting that I didn't get on before I got on this live meeting. So everybody's referring to those two paragraphs. I'm like, yeah, I just read those. And, um, then there's the truth, and the psychic change is just all I can focus on in this paragraph of today because it is a, uh, it's worth swearing. It's a fucking miracle. You know, like I had a, was having a resentment yesterday, and the fact that I even so instantly will say, thank you guys for showing me what this is, 
and just do a 10 step, even if I don't write it down, like just that line of thinking of immediately looking at my part is such a gift because like the last person just shared, I can love people now. And even though I don't like what they do sometimes, I don't like what I do sometimes. You know, like it's just the self-awareness is, um, I mean, it is a miracle. And my higher power just, uh, loves me so much to have brought me to this place at this point in my life. Um, and I, uh, because, like, you know, I'm on this 7 a.m. meeting, 6 a.m. my time. I'm never on this meeting. Um, I have three kids at home, three kids under seven. This is the, you know, everything is hustling and bustling at the house right now. But it's Good Friday, so they're out of school and the first day of a long weekend. And, you know, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to hear this message of recovery um, because none of us are doing it on our own. It's all because we're just so loved by our higher power. And um, when you don't stay in front of it, the evidence of your recovery, God still shows it to you. And that's just what I'm experiencing. I was talking about not being able to make it to a meeting yesterday. You know, there's still such subtle miracles that don't escape me because my higher power has given me a spiritual experience of the educational variety um, because, you know, my higher power knows me and knows how I learn. um, I'm slow to learn, but I can learn. And, yeah, I, I don't miss anything now. Every subtle miracle is not lost on me, and I know it is none of my doing. So, time, please. Thank you for that, not that. Okay, thank you, Noel E. Okay, Carmelo G., you're up, followed by Santa H. Thank you so much. Thank you, Katie, for your service and for everyone on the line. I'm Carmelo G., a grateful recovered for today, compulsive overeater in New York. I, I just, the amazing part of this paragraph is it reminded me of over eight years ago for six decades, six decades, it's a long time to be egotistical and self-righteous. And I would, I would look at people and think, oh, please, how are they, are you serious? Give me a break. And the gift is, I thought the same that I was. I was the right one at all times. I was the equivalent of God. He was my servant. And it took this program and the gift that he gave me in almost my seventh decade, to have an open mind. Imagine what a robot I was with such a closed mind, thinking there was only one way, and that was Carmela's way. This program, the fact that God, it was God who said, open the mind, Carmela. I truly love you. 
And you need to be loving and kind and not just be the robot and doing things just because you think it will look good. That facade. And every day I thought I could lose the weight. And I didn't think I was lying to myself. I believed it. I could do this if I really want, but I could not. And the gift of this program is I found the program, my mind. God opened my mind, but the bigger piece is he opened my heart. And today, as Bill taught us, it must stem from our heart. Our words that come out of our mouth mean nothing if they don't come from my heart and I am real and my ego is smashed and I know where I'm getting this power and love from. And it is from my creator that I call God who never leaves me alone, who I can surrender everything to every single day. And that's the gift that these steps and the fact that I don't need a substance anymore, just like these words said, and I'm no longer despairing. I am hopeful because I'm not in charge and there's a power that's guiding and directing me, provided I stay out of his way. And with Time, that, please. I guess, thank you so much. Enjoy a beautiful day. Thank you, Carmela. Okay, Santa H, you're followed by Christina J. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Santa, S-O-N-T-A-H from New Jersey. I am a grateful, compulsive overeater living in the solution one day at a time. Thank you, God. Uh, what really struck out for me this morning was the psychic change that has occurred. And I like how Dr. Yoon puts it on page 27 and there's a solution when he tells Roland Hazard um, that you, what he called the vital spiritual experiences, which I believe is meaning the same as psychic change. And where he said ideas, emotions, attitude, which was once the guiding forces of the lives of these men suddenly cast to one side and a completely new set of conceptions and motives begin to dominate them. And that's the process of reduction that my sponsor told me. And this is what has had to happen to me. I came in this program doomed. Um, I had a, a, a attitude and emotions and ideas of, about my situation that needed to change. And I tried motivational speakers, affirmations, self-help books. None of that worked for me until I came in this program and I followed the few simple rules. And those few simple rules are part of 12 steps. You know, I came in, I had to surrender in step one, two, and three. Then I had to do the action steps of four and nine. And that's when I'm beginning to notice a change in my way of thinking, acting, and believing, and realizing that these problems that I had a difficult solving was because I was blaming others. I was living in the problem and not the solution. And the solution is for me today is looking at me, my part. Um, what can I change uh, with the help of my higher power? So now that I have a higher power that I surrender to, 
And now that I'm living in 10, 11, and 12, which is um, steps four through nine and step 10, and step 11 and then step 12 on a daily basis, that's what keeps me from wanting that food because I'm, that God hole is now being filled up with a spiritual experiences, a program that works for me as long as I work it every single day. And thank you. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Santa H. Okay, now we'll have Christina J. And Nessa R. is back, so she'll be after Christina J. Good morning, my fellows. Christina J., State of Washington. So many thoughts this morning about this. Oh, in April of 2020, I was walking into a Rite Aid store, filling up on bags and boxes of Easter candies, you know, my favorites colorful. They appealed to that wounded child in me. Walking out of that store with my bags, a fellow was trying to call me, and I ignored it. Of course I ignored it. I was already down the road and in the food. I was in that state of total excitement, like the previous shares yesterday talked about. That phenomenon of craving was in full blast. In July of 2020, something happened to me. I've been in vision since 2015, And all that time, I can say that I don't think I had the beginning of a psychic change. July of 2020, I had that psychic change when I took step one. Unbeknownst to me, I walked away from the last potential huge, perfect storm of a binge. Walked away from it. Something bigger than me, inside of me, said, because I didn't say it, I can't do this anymore. That higher self, that one that wants to heal, that once that psychic change stood up in me and said, I can't do this anymore. And the little me slumped my shoulders, bowed my head, and felt completely defeated, walked away. And then the simple rule, make a phone call. A simple step, make a phone call. Something different. The next day I got a new sponsor. This was the beginning of a true psychic change for me. I felt there was something different this time. It wasn't like the diets I hadn't been on for years and years, even in program, following a food plan. It was still a diet to me. I hadn't had that psychic depth, that miracle of grace, and I think that's what it is, is a miracle of grace, that God sees us trying and trying and trying, and then one day the gift comes down and we get it. But that's why they say keep coming back until the miracle happens. My miracle happened in July of 2020. Now it's up to me to make the effort to continue to follow a few simple rules every day. And my psychic change began then and has slowly been getting deeper and deeper and deeper as I surrender all the shit that comes up in me daily, the fears, the challenges, the resentments, the irritations, the selfishness, the self-centeredness, As I surrender all that, I get a deeper and deeper psychic change. Because living in those places, as many have shared today, is horrible. It's despairing. It it wraps me in ropes of fear. And uh, just I'm bound up. But all i got to do is follow a few simple rules. And I hope that if you're struggling out there and you're a newcomer, just keep trying. Keep coming back. Keep working it. And give it all you possibly can. Find out what those disease voices are trying to tell you and turn, away, and turn away from them. Thank you, guys. I love you all. You, you save my life every day. I pass.
Thank you, Christina. Okay, Nessa R, you're up, followed by Abby F. And let me just say here, Abby, if you've just joined work. us. Okay, one second, Nessa. Let me tell people where we are. Um, sure. We're on page XXIX, one paragraph, paragraph number one. On the other hand, just reading through that one paragraph, and we'll open it up for a few more after Abby F. Go ahead, Nessa. Oh, thank you, Katie. I wouldn't want to deprive all you wonderful people of the insightful things I have to say. I'm just joking. So this is Sanessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. So we're talking a lot about a psychic change and like the, the words imply, psychic means it's in my head, in my brain. So it's the way I think. It's, um, it's the way I think that changes, my attitude, my perspective, um, my thoughts on life completely are transformed as a result of this program. You know, these are um, the, the simple rules. Provided you follow a simple rules, what are those rules? In my, in, in my mind, there's only two rules. Stay entirely abstinent and uh, work these steps with the desperation of a drowning man. You know, a drowning man doesn't... Um, try to save himself because it's impossible to save yourself from drowning. But he also, or she also, doesn't argue, doesn't make excuses, doesn't debate, doesn't think about it, doesn't ponder. Um, he just do, does whatever he's told to do. Um, and those are the simple rules that I followed for my psychic change. And like this is a time of the year where that psychic change becomes so upfront and center in my life, um, you know, I'm surrounded by food, um, buying it, preparing it, cooking it, serving it, removing it, cleaning it up, and then doing it all over again. Again, um, it was about more than 10 years ago when I had like my most bizarre binge, um, which was I was making a dish that requires a lot of uh, peeled apples. And I don't know how many apples I peeled, but I ate all the peels. Um, really, really bizarre. Uh, and fast forward now, 10 and plus some years of recovery, um, just made a, a batch of brownies and I'm making a batch of cookies. I didn't lick my fingers. I didn't lick the bowl. I'm not going to have a tiny little corner just to taste how, how it went. And not because I'm resisting it, because I don't want to. I don't want to, just not on my radar screen. And I'm not upset about it. I'm, I can feel deprived. I don't feel um, cheated. I am very happy that food no longer dominates my life. I'm not running to it. I'm not running away from it. I'm not starting the next diet on Monday or after the holiday or you know New Year's or anything like that. Just food is not on the radar screen, period. Uh, what's on my radar screen is um, serving God and helping others, as has been shared, you know, several times before before my share. And that's what brought me, um, oh, my gosh, such a wonderful life, such happiness, such contentment, um, that, that a, 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 a whole entire batch of brownies could have never, could have never brought me. Um, and I passed. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa. Okay, Abby S., you're up, and then we'll open it up for a few more shares. 
Hi, good morning, Abby S. Recovered in Michigan. Grateful to be here and for all the shares. I love this paragraph about the neutrality that can come as a result of getting my mind right. Um, and it says, strange as this may seem to those who do not understand, like, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand why when I do a 10 step and continue to do 10 steps, and pray and meditate and then be of service to others why why I have neutrality and it always comes back to like the story I have of a few years ago when I or I don't know if it was a few years ago whenever it was years ago when I had a had this plate of food and a disturbance and I was taught how to do a 10th step and I didn't eat that food that I was so compulsively needed, like that why I didn't eat it. And like that was the first time that I realized that my mental state and my emotions are connected to eating. And so like as a result of putting down the food, working the steps, and then continuously working the steps, like, it is strange to people and to me, to me, like, it's still strange to me, and I don't understand, like, I know it's, it's just the only explanation I have is that it is an absolute act of a power greater than me, because there's no way, no way in my power that I can, like, just be neutral there's just absolutely no way and so like when like I am like such a huge advocate for step 10 because I have seen time and time again like when my emotional state is in alignment with God I know I don't need the food I don't want the food and I'm neutral and it doesn't stay like that for me like it doesn't stay like that unless I'm like constantly taking action and doing my 10 steps doing meditation, being of service, like making amends, it only it only comes as a direct result of doing that. So like if I have cravings or if I, you know, all of a sudden I'm thinking about lunch in between, you know, meals, it's it's a it's a fad to me that I need to do something emotionally, which means do a ton step. And um and I'm grateful for that for that. And thank you God, one day at a time. Um that I'm not eating like I used to. So thanks for letting me share in a pass. Thank you, Abby. Okay, so if you haven't shared in the last two days, we have time for three or four more who would like to share on page XXIX, the first paragraph. Marshall, NFC. NWH. Energy. Okay. okay, I heard... Maybe I heard Amy G first. Okay, Amy G, and then I heard someone, Chris T, Chris something, and then 10WH. Was there anyone else I heard? Joanna A. Joanna A. Okay, let's go with that. Um, Okay, we'll have Amy G, 10WH, Joanna A. And if there was a Christina or Chris something, let me know. Belinda, is it too late? Marcella M. 
Okay. I don't think we're going to have time for all those, so let's just go with Amy G followed by Ken WH. Thank you. Sorry, people. Hi, my name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Maryland. Um, thank you, Katie, so much and everyone for such an incredible meeting. Um, so awesome. I, too, want to focus on this psychic change thing and what was said earlier about this personality change, this, this attitudes and feelings, because, you know, when we read Bill's story, my life was like that. I thought the way to live life was power, money, prestige, popularity, and this idea of seeking ease and comfort. I thought that was the way that I was supposed to live life, you know, always just seeking comfort, seeking ease, not having to feel uncomfortable. I mean, I not only felt uncomfortable in my own skin all the time, I thought that life was supposed to be like that. I looked outside of myself and I thought, why did everyone else seem to get the instruction manual to life? And somehow I passed it by. So, you know what? I made it up as I went along. And that didn't work so well for me, especially for this compulsive eater with the physical allergy and the mental obsession. So the malady is, for me, spiritual. It's a hole in my soul that I tried to fill with a knife and a fork because living life with that type of thinking was absolutely messed up and set me up for trouble. The problem was in between my two ears and my thinking. You know, come for the eating, stay for the thinking. Realizing that without a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery, I was doomed because I could put the food down, but I couldn't stay within my own skin without it. So I needed to learn how to live abstinently, how to live soberly. What was that change? That was the process of putting the food down and working the 12 steps, having that personality change, addressing the spiritual malady, the hole in my soul, understanding that life is not about just serving me, myself, and I. It's about looking outside of myself, loving my higher power, whom I choose to call God, and asking what God's will is for me in that day. And leaning on that higher power, that hole in my soul is a spiritual one that I fill now with God. And I don't always do it perfectly, but now I have a new way to live life. And it all starts with stopping my thinking and doing the action steps that this program requires of me so that I can not only get spiritually fit, but stay spiritually fit and stay connected to that power source because I couldn't fix me. Even when I realized all of these problems and I understood the illness the physical alley, the mental obsession. I was still powerless on my own experience, my own knowledge to change myself. I needed a power greater than myself. I needed a change. And I could only do that through the process of working the 12 steps and connecting to that power source, power source to God. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Amy. Okay, Ken WH, you're up, followed by Joanna um, A. Joanna A. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. Ken W.H. from North Carolina, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Just two words jump off the page to me, and neither one of them are there, actually, in the paragraph. Uh, it says, required to follow a few simple rules, and the follow implies to me to be disciplined, to be a disciple, to follow something other than my own uh, <laughs> warped thoughts and minds and uh, goals. So uh, discipline, that's not a word and most of us like to be disciplined, but that's one I have to, have to just grab a hold of and take a hold of. And the other word is obedience. It's not there, but uh, to be a disciple, I've got to follow something else and I've got to listen. And the word obedience is grounded or, or rooted in the word for hearing 
and listening. And I've never been a good one at that uh, until uh, I got beaten up enough to to listen to what y'all had to say and share with me. And um, so today I just work hard at trying to listen and be uh, a disciple, a follower and a listener, an obedient disciple. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ken W.H. Okay, um, Joanna A., it's your turn. Um, I, so I think my name is Alana A., so I think you, oh, you might have. Yeah, um, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Um, okay, so my name is Alana A. Um, I'm a compulsive eater. Um, this psychic change is really important to me. Um, I haven't yet had the psychic change, so I'm I'm speaking on the um, the other side from where many people who have shared are speaking from. Um, I'm still in the food. I'm still struggling with it. Um, sometimes I'll have abstinent meals, and they actually taste great these days. I weigh and measure, and I actually enjoy weighing and measuring, which is so weird. I actually find it fun. So that was a big surprise, but um, I'm still I'm still eating food I shouldn't eat, and um, I hadn't haven't yet had the psychic change. And um, this morning I <clears throat> did a couple things to <coughs> sorry <coughs> I did a couple things to try to arrest the illness. So I message my sponsor saying, you know, I'm going to get on some calls and get on a meeting and stuff. And I got on this meeting. Um, my illness still took over. So I still ended up eating something I shouldn't have eaten. Um, but I feel like, um, the morning is my most triggering time. The morning is the time where I have the most food thoughts and I have, a very, I have a pretty good schedule in the evening, so I think what I need to do now in order to eventually set myself up for that psychic change is I need to have a plan for the morning. So really have, like, a distinguished plan of what I do in the morning, um, how I spend my time, what order I do everything in my prayer, my meditation, my, if I do a meeting, if I do calls, like, all those things. And um, I'm just going to keep praying for the miracle to happen. Um, I know, though, that God is saying to me, you know, I'm, I'm here. I'm already, I'm already in your court. I'm already helping you do this. It's just that you need to stop eating. You need to put the food down. So and, I'm, and that's what everyone else is telling me. You know, you got to make that decision to just stop. So I'm just going to keep trying to do that and keep praying and um Hopefully the the miracle will happen. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Okay, so thank you to everyone who shared. We uh, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, April fifteenth, twenty twenty two, seven a.m. meeting is eighteen thousand eight hundred and forty nine. That's one eight eight four nine. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Janice P.M. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. 
Yes, <clears throat> thank you. This is Janice. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something that you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Pass.